Denzel Madness has spawned the nickname Johnny Football. Johnny Football. Johnny Football. Johnny Football. When I got everything that I wanted, I think I was the most empty that I've ever felt inside. Welcome into Box Office Quarterbacks, a new era of Box Office Quarterbacks today. I am Jeff. That's my friend Eric. That is Gerald. Today we are very, very excited to announce that we have scored a partnership with Rival Fantasy Sports, a new startup fantasy app that's super fun. They got fantasy bingo and all this fun stuff. Uh, you could try it for free right now if you go to joinrival.com slash boxofficeqbs. Guys, I'm really excited to uh, get our foot in the door with them and, you know, kind of take our show to the next level. Yeah, I'm very excited about this, man. It's something we've been working on for a while. Um, Jeff, you particularly, you stuck with the podcast since it was a website and that shit died like five times, but <laughs> he kept it going and got us, helped us get to this point to where we can actually do this and help them out while they help us out as well. And we're extremely um, grateful and excited for this, especially some stuff that we're going to announce a little bit later in the show and on social media this week um, when it comes to a fantasy league where our viewers could win up to, I think, $375. So, Yeah, for, for first place. So there's for more money place. on the line. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the reason you guys are here, though, is to hear us talk about Untold Johnny Football, which just dropped on Netflix last week. Uh, the story of Johnny Manziel, uh, just an historic draft bust. Uh, so much hype coming out of college. So much... Um, controversy behind the scenes uh this is another edition of the series that kind of brought you the manti teo story now we're talking about johnny football let's get first reactions eric uh what did you think after you watched this documentary um one of the first things i thought of was after watching the documentary was man oh man did he miss out on nil because it just made me think about Tebow, how much he could have made. It made me think about Cam Newton, about Reggie Bush, those USC teams. Um, a lot of it too. I, I like they touched on his substance abuse, and we and I never want to lessen how that affects people and things like that. Some of it too showed that Johnny Manziel. All of the most of it was self inflicted. No pun intended, and that might be a poor choice of words, but but um he he was a partier. We he was bragging about not watching um tape and practice and um film. So it's just like some parts of me I felt bad for him, and then some parts I felt like, why should I feel bad? So I was a little conflicted watching it too. But um learning about where he came from, um, from Kerrville, uh my fiance wants me to shout out McCollum because there's a brief shot of McCollum High School in San Antonio <laughs> that he was hurt a, a defender that he was hurtling. But um, yeah, just seeing how how good he was in high school and then the impact that he made as a freshman. I remember the man Johnny Football craze, but then going back and seeing it was just like, dang, like like this was actually a big deal, and um, especially right when Texas A&M went to the SEC and things like that. But um, yeah, one of my one of the main takeaways that I took away from this uh, quasi documentary was that he NIL would have helped him a lot. 
NIL would have made that man millions, and he was already rich. But um, yeah. there, I had two big takeaways. One, um, kind of like how Eric had mentioned, like I'm a little conflicted with Johnny Manziel, like how I feel about him. I've always been like, oh, he was so like he, to me, it was always obvious. Like this guy just really likes to freaking party. He is a frat boy who never left his frat. Like that's all it was, and he even says that in the episode. So like, but at the same time it gives a lot of deeper understanding as to what was going on with him, his emotional pool, his mental health, stuff like that. So like it, it, I I can see that conflicting, but um, I think there is one big group of winners here and it's actually might be a little unrelated, but it is, but it's, it's quarterbacks in general, shorter quarterbacks and quarterbacks who move around a lot outside of the pocket and in the pocket. Cause those are guys that get killed upon in draft day, leading up to draft day. You know, they're too small. They're not going to do it. They're not going to fasten of all this, this and that. Johnny Manziel had all the talent in the world and did not give a single shit to back it up. Never watched film. And there were still games he went out there in the NFL and completely murked defenses. Now, most of the time, him and the Browns looked absolute horrible. They've been bad. They finally started getting some roster pickup around the time he left. But around that time, they were still very bad roster-wise. And he was still – like, he still won two or three NFL games. That was pure talent. And I think that helps quarterbacks like him who, you know, as long as they watch film, they might be okay. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what Cliff Kingsbury said in this documentary was if he really did apply himself – he had all the tools. He could have made himself great, but he chose, you know, to party, to kind of do this weird under the table business with his friend who he called Uncle Nate. And they're the same age. I thought that was hilarious. But uh, yeah, he was just one of the kind of cautionary tales that you kind of hear of nowadays. Uh, he's kind of like the real life version of. Alex Moran from Blue Mountain State, if you guys ever watch that show. But it's really interesting to see the behind the scenes stuff, especially uh, the mental health battle that he was going through. Like, I had no idea he was bipolar. Uh, That was uh, one of the huge revelations here. Um, I do think that he did go to probably the worst team he could have went to in the NFL, in the Cleveland Browns. Like, they don't have the front office structure or the coaching longevity to really put someone like that in the best situation. So that was kind of my key takeaways here. Um, Just kind of going through memorable parts of this documentary, what kind of stood out to you guys? I mean, for me, Eric, I don't know if you don't mind me going, but um, it's the coaches in this, all of them, failures I'd like to the T failures Kingsbury all the coaches they interviewed they especially the ones who are with him at A&M Johnny Menzel there was one thing at the beginning he talks talking about Kerrville right TV and all the the, the what is the discipline everything they want you to do you are part of the team you're here at practice you're watching film doing all this the second he got a taste of freedom and they saw he was good at football what did the coaches do? They gave up doing their job. They gave up trying to discipline him. They gave up trying to hold him accountable. They said, oh, well, just let Johnny be Johnny. This is why Texas A&M is the school in the country with, I think, the second highest athletic spending bid budget and continuously pumps out eight-win programs. Failures. The coaches look like failures. And, like, Kingsbury was smiling throughout some of this. And I'm like, man, you realize, like, this is making you look worse as a coach. You're saying the players have the authority. 
And when you're coaching college level sports, like he was at A&M, you kind of need to do that. I get the NFL having less of a structure um, agreement. It's a workplace more. It's a little more professional. I understand that. It sucks that it was in Cleveland, but like, the college level, Johnny probably could have been saved multiple times had college coaches just put their foot down. Players have their issues all the time. Tyreek Hill gets kicked out. You know, you you see this continuously in college because college is where you mess up. It's where you met, you make mistakes, especially as an 18 to 21-year-old kid. And when I see coaches saying, oh, well, we just let this kid do it because he's good at football, that sounds like in the, the pinnacle of failure to me. And uh, again, just for me, the one thing that, just stuck out to me in this stuff. It's just how much money everybody was making off of them. They they redid Kyle Field. The 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 ads probably got new contracts. Kevin Sumlin got a new contract. Don't get me started on um, how Texas A and M treated Kevin Kevin Sumlin. They fired him, but Jimbo Fisher has the same record and nothing's happening. But that's it's I digress. I digress, but yeah, it's just how they were talking about the maroon two jerseys that didn't have the name back in the day. Mm -hmm. It's just like, again, so many people were making so much money off this kid and he couldn't get a taste of it. So then when he took it into his own hands, that's when everybody's like, oh, no, 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 no. Even the clip of um, former president Mark Emmerich when he was just like, when he was saying, oh, um, as long as I'm NCAA president, kids won't be paid. I'm just like, why? Like, What's the problem? Like this all probably could have been avoided. Um, Johnny's trajectory could have been um, uh, uh, could have been changed if he was getting paid at this time. Um, we saw um, that that was a ma- a major sticking point in his draft stock was just what was going on with him. Like you said, and Uncle Nate, um, <laughs> he had to cut him off as a friend, and it's just like they said that they hadn't even talked. But it's just. Again, just how much money was made off of him um, really just stuck out to me. And it just shows that, like, yeah, the NCAA has been doing some shady stuff for the longest time. And I've also realized, too, that it's crazy how um, college sports is so big. But when you think about it, it's really regional. Like, the, 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 how people care about college um college sports college football college basketball women's basketball uh college sports is really regional but just the amount of pull that they have like like jeff you you you're a big denver sports fan they have four professional teams i don't think anybody cares about college football like that uh i'm from boston four professional teams the one that we had was um when boston college was good at basketball there was that one random year in 2007 when matt ryan when boston college was went to number two that's really like the only time, um, I, at least that I remember in my as a sports fan that we cared about sports. It's really just the South and um, just it's really regional. And it just shows that just his impact for that to um, for for what he was doing to to go national. So, uh, yeah, again, just the sticking point of how many how many people were getting paid off of this kid and then just how many people actually care about college sports. Yeah, I agree with you, Eric. The money part was so eye-opening here, especially when they said that number two Texas A&M jersey was sold out for months. Like, I think until, like, late in his freshman year is when it finally was back on the shelves. But uh, it's crazy that all these people can make so much money off of one guy. Uh, Even, like, the hospitality industry was, uh, you know, kind of saying that he boosted tourism 
in College Station because when are you going to go to College Station, Texas, other than for a Texas A&M game? Um, you, you know, NIL deals are in place now. College athletes are getting rich. Uh, and I am happy that they are getting compensated finally moving forward. you got the NCAA uh, football video game coming back next year. Uh, finally, some compensation is going to be added into that. So I do think that things are getting better from where we were just even eight years ago with Johnny Football. But now, um, you know, we're kind of looking back and learning our lessons on, you know, the past. Where would you guys rank this documentary when it comes to other documentaries that have come before it? I'll give it a starter um, just because it's a quick one and it does give you a lot of good information on Johnny Menzel and allows you to kind of see what was going on at a and um, and throughout the country on a larger scale to a little bit of an extent. So, and it's, it's, it's good information. There's not really much in there that I'm like, why the hell was this put into this hour and 12 minute long documentary on Netflix? Easy to watch. Um, and if you like college football, like it's it's definitely one I think you should watch um, just to kind of get that sense of way, like what it was like for players sneaking around, get, making that money. Um, I realize now that it was almost a decade ago, but like it was it's it's it was a decade ago, 2012. Holy hell! But like, so it's almost a history lesson for some of these kids. But it's um, it, I think it's a starter. Uh, I'm a. This is this is a. Uh... I'm gonna bench this one because um, the this Netflix and Untold it just it just see it, it I can compare it to a documentary that I don't know Lifetime puts on when they put on those <laughs> when they put on like those crappy biopics like like it was an hour and twelve minutes I mean I understand they put it out I mean it did its job it was trending on social media but the Johnny Manziel talked about being bipolar and wanting to shoot himself and. They just moved on from it. I'm like, they kind of did, right? <laughs> I'm yeah. like, wait, the man just admitted that he wanted, he was bipolar and he equated it to being an alcoholic and he wanted to kill himself. And they were just like, oh, you know, let's move on. So I'm that just was like, the end, right? Like, yeah, I'm like, the end. It was very abrupt. Like that. So just, kinda... just like, uh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a bench, you know, nothing to ride home. It did its job. It was honestly, it just felt like, some that people can talk about for a couple of days and, and it worked because now everybody's looking at untold and now they're waiting for, for they want to watch the Jake Paul one and then they'll watch the Florida one on the Florida Gators. So it's just, you I mean, it's, 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 it's like lifetime. It's whatever. It's, yeah. It's, there is no meat on the bone when it comes to this documentary whatsoever. Like you compare it even to quarterback, which is also Netflix. You spend a full season with three guys and you really get to know them. So I think that they did leave a lot of stuff out of this. I would have liked it. Maybe if it was like two or three more episodes um, to really get a feel of this, but yeah, I'm going to give it a starter. Um, if you need to kill some time during an afternoon, that that this is the perfect documentary for you. If you want something more meaty, I mean, The Last Dance is nine parts and it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah for uh, sure. It's not meaty at all. Anything else you guys want to add on um, Untold Johnny Football? Um, Not on this specifically, but can we go ahead and go to a little announcement? 
let's drop our little big announcement. Little big announcement. All right, cool. So make sure you guys are following us on all of our social media platforms, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, X, whatever the hell they're called now, any and all of them, because in the next week or so, we will be posting a link to Rival, um, which will allow you to join our fantasy league. This fantasy league will be playing against Jeff, Eric, me, Ryan's coming back for the league, and Ahmed too. So there's five spots open right now, and what it is is a $50 buy-in, but you're not paying the buy-in. Rival's actually paying the buy-in for you. That means you are paying, you are playing for the pot, but you're not paying for the pot. So at the end of the year, you get first place. You can win $375. Second place will be $125, I believe is what we agreed on. And the last place will be $25. Oh, um, no. I have to get $375, the $100, 325 There we 375, go. 125 Thank you, Jeff, for catching that for me. But we will be having that announcement and posted everywhere for all of you. So stay tuned and send us a DM or a message if you're very interested and you are one of the ones wanting to get in first. Because we're expecting these five spots to fill up quite quickly once we do post it. Yeah. First come, first serve. Um, Going to be a fun year. Gerald is the commissioner. We've anointed him the commissioner. So There will be uh, no kickers or defense in this league. Yeah. So if you got complaints, take it up with him. Yes. Uh, anyway, <laughs> what do you go ahead, Eric? That, 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 yeah, take it up with Gerald. So. Yeah, it's all on him. We're going to open like a, a complaint box just for him on our website but yeah this has been uh, a fun edition of box office quarterbacks i am jeff that's my friend eric that is gerald uh go to join rival.com slash box office qps <laughs> gerald um we'll be back with our next episode which is going to be blue beetle uh we'll see you guys then have a good rest of the week <laughs> <laughs>